Hey, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. May the Force be with you always. Welcome to episode 35 of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task? Welcome to another episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and we are recording this episode on Tuesday, November 19th, 2019. Now, before we get started on our main topic, I did just want to take a moment to uh, take care of a couple of housekeeping items that we had this week. The first being that uh, with it being November or Mandovember, as we're calling it with the release of The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, I do have a couple of autographed photos that Dominic Pace had uh, sent along after his interview last week of his character, who we are just referring to as Gecko at this point uh, until he is given a formal name within The Mandalorian. Uh, Definitely look for his character in episode three, which is going to be coming out this Friday, uh, which would be the 22nd of November. So all you need to do to have a chance to win is to follow us on either Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram at JTA Podcast. Reply to the post that is the giveaway post that we have on those sites, and then make sure that you like that post and share or retweet it. Uh, and that will get you an entry to win one of those two autographed photos of Dominic's character. And trust me, I've got uh, I've got one that he had sent for me up in my office, and it looks great. Uh, it's super cool looking character, and I think any Star Wars fan is going to want one. So uh, the other item that I wanted to point out is this past weekend on November seventeenth, I uh, traveled to Chicago to do a joint uh, live stream event on YouTube with Scarif Podcast and WSTR Media. Uh, we also had. Michelle from Fulcrum's broadcast that we brought in. Uh, she was there watching us. And we also had Yoshi Vu from Industrial Light and Magic, uh, ILM. He's a senior artist. He worked on both The Mandalorian and The Rise of Skywalker, was there for the live event. Uh, could not have asked for better hosts than the Alley Cat Comics gang, uh, where we recorded the show. Uh, we did record outside, which was pretty interesting. Uh, we probably could have called it WampaCon, and that would have been appropriate. It was uh, fairly cool, but it gave the folks that came out to watch us a chance to to actually get to see us it would have been a little cramped in the uh in the comic book store and you can find that uh video out on youtube as i mentioned uh just do a search on scarif podcast and that will come up for you you can check that out it's a couple hours a lot of fun and uh just great friends great time uh totally worth the trip out and back All right, before we jump into this week's main topic, I do just want to take a quick moment to thank our new sponsor, Lucas Family Travel. 
Are you interested in taking a trip to the planet of Batu in the ultra-immersive world of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at either the Walt Disney World Resort or the Disneyland Resort? If so, the one thing that I can tell you from personal experience is that planning any Disney vacation can be completely overwhelming. That's why you need the expert planning services of Casey Lucas at Lucas Family Travel. Casey can help you to select the perfect resort, book your fast passes, your dining reservations, including those hard-to-get Oga's Cantina reservations, and even recommend the perfect time to visit based on the historical crowd levels. And the best part is that all of these services are completely free to you and included as part of your Disney vacation package. So visit lucasfamilytravel.com today to book your vacation package and enter the promo code JTA podcast in the comments to receive a free gift with your booking. Again, that's L-U-C-A-S familytravel.com to book your trip today. And as they say on Batu, may the spires keep you. So for this week, uh, with the release of Disney Plus and the fact that we now have access to all of the wonderful content that comes with that, including the Star Wars content, uh, what we are going to do is kind of go back to what we had done a few weeks ago when we did the series on why you should be watching The Clone Wars and tell you a little bit about why you should be watching Star Wars Rebels, uh, which is another wonderful animated series uh, produced by Dave Filoni. And uh, to, to help me along with that, I have some special guests on the podcast today. I've got the gentleman from the Disney Discussions podcast who are uh, a supporter of us and uh, some good friends. And uh, we've got Tony and his boy Sparrow and Stitch on the line. So guys, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We're excited. We love your show. Yes. You do a great podcast. So we're excited to be on yeah. And talk some rebels. Here. Give Tom all the credit. He makes me look good. So uh, <laughs> unfortunately, he couldn't be here with us tonight. He's off enjoying a, an awesome night of moonlight madness at the Disneyland Resort. So, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, he's, he's I'm sure, heart, heartbroken uh, to have to go through <laughs> that for the children, as we always say, right? Right. So what I do with uh, all the guests that we have on the podcast is I run them through what I call the Jedi Trials, and it's just a series of a few questions where our listeners can kind of get to know you guys a little bit better. Uh, we've never had anyone fail the trials, so uh, by the end of this, you guys should all be all be on the Jedi Council with us, right? So Sweet. Yeah, so uh, first thing I'll ask you guys is what is your favorite Star Wars movie or show? My favorite Star Wars movie is probably Revenge of the Sith. Cool. And that was uh, that was Sparrow. Yeah. My favorite Star Wars movie is probably The Last Jedi. Yeah? And my favorite show is The Mandalorian. <laughs> it's probably a popular pick these days. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is uh, the classic Empire Strikes Back. Um, a lot of people's pick. I just, nothing has ever beat that movie, and I don't, I don't know if anything will. Some things have come close, but Empire has a, a special place in my heart, and I just love that movie. Yeah, it is pretty amazing that those movies still hold up, you know, 43 plus years later. Uh, and and you can sit there and watch them. And it's just amazing the technology they developed uh, to put those on the big screen for us. So yeah. uh, and now that with Disney Plus, they've uh, remastered a lot of it. They've improved a lot of the shots. Um, and I know there's been a little bit of tinkering, but I, I don't think Empire was really affected too much by that. Uh, certainly George Lucas has been a, a tinker since the beginning. There's a lot of people I don't think that have ever seen the original cut of many of those original trilogy movies because he was changing them even a few weeks after they were initially released. Yeah, even uh, including, you know, my boys have never seen the non-special yeah. editions. So. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Um, but Empire, you're, like you said, Empire I like because it is the least kind of altered. Yeah. He added some stuff in the background of Cloud City and he made some changes to the Wampas. But uh, otherwise, it's it's he did a good job with what he needed, what he added, and it's perfect. Some of the other yes. stuff we, we've been rewatching the movies in preparation for Rise of Skywalker, and some of the special edition stuff doesn't hold up. The older yeah. original stuff does, but the special edition stuff does not hold up. Yeah, we're yeah. definitely spoiled by what they can do with uh, CGI and special effects work these days, and I think that's really mm-hmm. where those, uh, you know, the prequel films tend to to get hurt a little bit. But um, all right, so with the next question, I'm going to ask you guys, what is your favorite Star Wars character, and we'll start with Stitch this time. Mm. Either Kylo Ren or Rey, one of those. <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna give you the the Michelle special dispensation, and you can give <laughs> us two answers. All right, Sparrow, what do you say? Anakin Skywalker. Nice, definitely a great tragic character. Yeah. And Tony, the Disney dad. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. So many good characters, but I always go back to Yoda. I love Yoda. Um, Especially in the original trilogy, you had just enough of Yoda. I love the the playfulness in Empire, and then you know he comes on as this wise Jedi. It's yeah, Yoda's my favorite. He's so Count, weird. Can't do it again. Yes. Mm. <laughs> there we go. We have our uh, you know I I actually had a chance to meet Tom Kane, who does the voice of the animated Master Yoda at Grand Rapids Comic Con this past yeah. week, and uh, yeah, hopefully he doesn't hear Stitch's impression, or he might start worrying about his uh, his future. that character right awesome so this one should be a fun one for you guys what is your favorite droid and tony we'll start with you on this one um r2d2 i love r2d2 he's sassy you don't know what he's saying but you you, a lot of times you can kind of guess what he's saying uh he's helpful when he needs to be helpful yeah r2d2 yeah don't talk to me like that (laughs) c3po that's c3po saying that yeah right uh sparrow what do you got uh, C-3PO is definitely my favorite droid. Nice. He's like really funny. And then he always says the wrong things at the wrong time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stitch, what do you think? BB-8. I knew that was coming. <laughs> that is one of the great things about Star Wars is they do such a great job with the droids. And, you know, like you were saying, Tony, the, even the ones that you can't understand or you shouldn't be able to understand, you can always get a feel for what they're saying. Yeah. Terrific. All right. So this one's going to be a little bit tricky because I don't know how much uh, I'm sure you guys have some Star Wars toys. But what is your favorite Star Wars toy or collectible? Uh, who are we starting with? Go ahead. You go, Stitch. Um, I really like the Darth Vader Black Series figure where you could take off his helmet. It's really cool. That is a good one. Good pick. Um, mine is either my Anakin Black Series I just got or my um, old Han Solo. Black series. Nice. Is it the <laughs> is it the Han Solo Hoth battle gear? No. No, it's no, it's it's, it's the it's, classic Han Solo. No, it's the one from Force Awakens, right? Yeah. That's what he meant by old Han Solo. Oh, nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, see again. Here, here we go. I'm stuck in the past, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Tony, um, I still have my original. It's beat up, but my original Millennium Falcon that came out in like mm-hmm. the early '80s, and the boys have it. It's in the basement now. That's that's probably my favorite. I have a, I have a lot of, you know, Funko Pops and other Black Series figures, but that um, that's my childhood right there. Right. Yeah, and I mean that was that was such a huge thing for so many of us to be able to have a toy like that where you could take off that kind of back quarter panel yeah. and access the 
the hollow chest room and it was just amazing to be able to put the action figures in there and and you could create all kinds of fun memories with that so uh that is an excellent choice that is certainly not unusual for someone that was around during the original trilogy mm -hmm. uh those of us who are who are still going strong right all right so the last question you guys have to answer for me before we get into the rebel stuff what is your favorite star wars podcast i mean uh memory <laughs> tony um, my favorite Star Wars memory. Um, I think, I think it's seeing Force Awakens with my boys. Dude, that was the first movie we experienced in the theater. Um, got to see their reactions, got to see their faces to everything. Everything was new and they did a good job with that movie. Um, and you know, Sparrow had an emotional reaction to, to Han Solo at the end there. And that like, it's like, it's amazing that a movie that touched me as a kid or, you know, the storyline then touched my own kid. And like, he was affected emotionally by what was happening on the movie screen. It was really cool to experience that with them on the big screen. Yeah. I can completely relate to that. I had the same experience with my son. He was not happy when Han Solo got killed. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, by the way, for anyone <laughs> yeah. who hasn't seen Force Awakens. All right. What do you got Sparrow? Um, it's probably seeing a new hope for the first time. I really liked seeing it for the first time. Stitch? Um, this is hard because I don't have a lot of Star Wars memories. There are no wrong answers. But it's probably seeing Force Awakens. You know, it's my first Star Wars movie seeing in theaters. And I just really, like, when I first saw it, because I think that's, like, really the first one I actually got into because I've seen the other ones and I was like, mm. I didn't. I wasn't really interested in them, but this one I just like really thought it was so cool. Yeah, it's a big it's difference everything. seeing them on the big screen too, right? Instead of just watching them on your TV yeah. at home. Yeah. Yeah, and especially experiencing with a whole theater full of people. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, uh, there were oh, God, so many memories of being in theaters. Tom and I have talked about it ad nauseum, and. I know that we've talked about having a whole nother discussion about how different generations have kind of uh, embraced Star Wars, because I know both of your boys enjoy the prequel films. And, um, you know, with with Stitch, he's probably, you know, like he's saying, Force Awakens was his first film in the theater, and he's probably got an attachment to to the sequel films uh, between liking that experience and, uh, you know, having The Last Jedi be one of his favorite films. So, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's really interesting to see how different generations have come to it. My son came to it through uh, playing uh, the Star Wars Angry Birds. Oh, oh that's right. I remember. I forgot oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. So strange, those toys strange way to come through it. But you guys all did awesome on that. Uh, certainly pass with flying colors and welcome into the Jedi <laughs> Order. You guys are now fully fledged Jedi and uh, are ready to talk some Star Wars Rebels, right? Awesome. Yeah, Let's do sure. it. Ooh, I was worried there. And no, no, you're you're totally good. I don't have a shot. Chopper, do you have the coordinates? What did he say? He said hello, hyperspace. and quiet life. Jedi Master Luminata and Julie has been in prison somewhere in the Stygian system. We can't pass this up. Good luck. Come on, kid. Do something. 
use the force. Ezra, your formal Jedi training starts tomorrow. I am the Inquisitor. Or Boston. Chopper, get us out of here! Oh look, Chopper made friends! Hera, you're good to go! The odds of our mission becoming a beat debacle Don't you shush me! This is the Padawan I encountered on Stygian Prime. Those of you who would like to avoid major spoilers, there are two of note in this particular episode. The first is from 21 minutes and 32 seconds to 21 minutes and 35 seconds. And the second is from 44 minutes and 40 seconds to 45 minutes. So if you would like to avoid some of the heavier spoilers, please skip those time slots within this recording, and then you can continue on with the remainder of the episode. Thank you so much. For those of us who have seen the Star Wars Rebels animated series, uh, you know, it's it's an easy sell to explain to people why it is an important part of your Star Wars viewing and uh, how it really enhances a lot of what we just talked about with uh, the Star Wars films and kind of, uh, you know, when we when we come to the original Star Wars film, A New Hope, and you see the Rebel Alliance, you don't really have any backstory for any of them. And Star Wars Rebels at its core is really about telling people uh, the backstory of not only the rebellion, but kind of some of these smaller groups that came together to form it. So, um, you know, for me, I would definitely say that one of the great things about Star Wars Rebels and a reason why any Star Wars fan should watch it is you do get that backstory of the Rebel Alliance and you do get to really see how it grew from a grassroots level where you just had these people that were not happy with, with their treatment under the Empire and how that then grew into this huge alliance that was able to strike down the empire uh what do you guys think about that the show was pretty good but <laughs> it's like uh the storyline is really good it shows how like you said it just all came together how this one small group just became this huge thing yeah and you got to remember this came out before um rogue one yeah it came out before yeah. solo which kind of referenced the beginning of the rebel uh, alliance there so this yes. was your first um Disney error because there was some you know legacy stuff, but Disney era glimpse into the rebellion that period between episode yeah. three and four, and it really did a good job of just kind of showing what the Star Wars universe was like under the imperial regime, and then these people fighting against it. It was when it came out, it was a, a time frame we didn't know much about, and it really yeah. filled in a lot of those details. It tied up some loose ends. Yeah. And I mean, at its core, it's it's what makes many Star Wars films so great. It's about family, right? Yeah, yeah. 
this group of, of people that had been brought together from all different backgrounds had kind of created their own little family. And we see that same type of thing in the original Star Wars films with Luke and Han and Leia. Um, and we see it, you know, now within the sequel trilogy, we saw it within the prequels, uh, although there it was literally creating some families, but uh, <laughs> with Anakin and Padme. But, um, you know, I feel like that's kind of something that's at the core of a lot of the Star Wars stories that we see is, you know, it's 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 about a larger battle, but it's also about these, these families and um, fighting to protect each other and to, you know, to make the galaxy a better place for him. Yeah, it, it was cool to see because you had those other characters. You had um, Ezra, who, you know, is a kid that the kids could relate to. You had your your older Jedi. You had these characters that you wouldn't think would come together and work. And like you're saying, they be, by the end, they became a family and they yeah. had each other's back. And uh, it was really cool to see that. And the, the great thing about Rebels, it, I like, is that there was a through line throughout the whole series. It wasn't just these one-shot episodes. And there oh, were yeah. smaller smaller stories in it, but they all tied together. And you watch all four seasons, and you could see they they were planning stuff for the end at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that that's what I really enjoyed about it. This wasn't, this wasn't a kid's show. This was a family show that had a lot for the kids, a lot for the adults. Um, and, and the characters grew, which is unusual in a cartoon series. And I think um, Disney did a great job because they allow the characters to change. Like a lot of times there's merchandise behind these things. And by the time the show airs, you know, you don't want the character to change because then the merchandise doesn't match. They weren't afraid with that. Like they gave oh, yeah. Ezra a, a drastic uh, change. They changed his lightsaber when they had toys already out. They killed off characters that were fairly popular and it, that's what I like. They put story above everything else with Rebels. And then Kane was blind, too. Yeah. 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 I mean, talk about changing a character, right? So um, one of the things that we will say before we get into a real deep dive on some of this stuff is this this is going to contain some light spoilers. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> certainly, uh, certainly we'll try to avoid some of the, the deeper stuff. But, uh, yeah, you know, we don't want to ruin the experience for people that want to, you know, start watching it from the beginning. But certainly we want to give them enough to, to explain to them why, you know, for me, when I started watching it, season one started a little bit slow. Um, but mm. what I will say is yeah. that it got into it pretty quick um, and you started to get a feel for what the stakes were. A and one of the great things about this series, and I, I, it's a light spoiler, but um, I think it's it's pertinent, is that this is during a time when supposedly the Jedi had been eradicated from the galaxy. And one of the things that you find out pretty quick in this series is that that's not necessarily true. I mean, there are still some yeah. Force sensitives out there. And uh, Kanan that you guys were talking about uh, is a former Jedi Padawan who had escaped the Jedi Purge. And uh, you come to understand that, you know, th that he is out there. He's trying to uh, avoid the Inquisitors and Darth Vader and the factions within the Empire that are trying to hunt him down. But that definitely added some pretty uh, significant stakes to this show as well. And even you mentioned the Inquisitors. Like, yeah. we had never seen those before. No, yeah. Like, that was a really cool aspect to, to add in there. Like, there are these, you know, Darth Vader bounty, Jedi bounty hunters. Like, it, yeah. the Darth yeah. Vader hired. It was cool stuff. The first Inquisitor in the first season, he had my favorite lightsaber. The Grand Inquisitor with his uh, kind yes. of double-bladed spinning saber? Yeah, yeah. And again, what, I mean, 
everyone loves uh, the Jedi primarily because of the lightsabers. And then you kind of get introduced to the Sith throughout the other films and realize that, you know, they, they have their natural enemies. But here you really get to see Kanan and, and eventually Ezra, who's also Force sensitive, get hunted down by these uh, Inquisitors. And, uh, you know, eventually we get into a, even a portion of the show where Ahsoka makes an appearance. Uh, and we've talked a lot about yeah. her uh, via other episodes of our podcast. And certainly within the Clone Wars, you know, she was a big reason why we thought people should watch the Clone Wars. And here she is again in Rebels. And you kind of get to see a, an older, more mature version of her and just how powerful she's become. Yeah, that was really cool. Do you want yes. to tell that that story? Oh, yeah. So we were in Disney when um that episode was released and we were watching it and um me dad and stitch like all freaked out and then mom um mom jumped up and she's like what what happened is something wrong so yeah not to give spoilers but it was a surprise that ahsoka was gonna be in that um that episode and yeah. we were just watching we had a long day in the parks we were tired but we're like oh the finale's on we have to watch a season one finale um and we put it on and like we just like me and, and Sparrow and Stitch just jumped out of bed. We're like, oh, my goodness. That's incredible. It's so cool. Like, no way. <laughs> yeah. Who was Ahsoka? <laughs> yeah, you weren't familiar with Clone Wars at that time. No, I was. I watched, like, the... But Sparrow I, was, I was just acting. I was like, no way. And then in my head, I was like, who is she? <laughs> but that, and that, that's the cool thing about this series, too, is that there are those surprises all along the way yeah. that's just one yeah. of many right and you know again we you know we're we're going to touch on some things that would be considered some light spoilers but in no way does it uh take away from not just seeing that the characters show up but some of the scenarios that they show up in and some of the the things that they display in terms of how their powers have grown since you've seen them in the clone wars or uh you know some of these characters have been uh, have tiebacks all the way to the prequels um, with some of the, you know, the clone characters, uh, the clone commandos making an appearance. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there are so many tie-ins and it actually kind of goes into another item that I thought was really cool about the show, which is that it has a lot of nice nods back to even the original artwork and concept work uh, from the original Star Wars film. So uh, you've got a character that's part of this group uh, of the specters that that are the crew of the ship called the ghost um and that's going to be important for you because that that is one of the big things that we saw in the uh, trailer for the rise of skywalker was the theoretically that is the ghost yeah. showing up in that trailer yeah. but this character named zeb is actually based on a prototype wookie from uh, ralph mcquarrie the uh, the guy that designed and you know came up with a lot of these designs for characters within the original star wars film yeah the and that's what I liked about too, because I grew up looking at those those pictures of Choir, but then to see that kind of like an animation form, and even the way Darth Vader looked, it's very much McQuire, uh influenced, and it 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 was really cool to see that. And a, a beautiful, beautiful uh, series just to look at. Like um, not to knock Resistance, but that's more kind of anime style, which I don't. It's not my thing, but like Rebels just was just beautiful. The backgrounds, the planets they went on, even the. Um, the Bendu that came later on was just a the cool, yeah. awesome looking character. A lot of good design in that. Yeah. Um, another light squirrel we forgot to say, but we were talking a lot about it, is Darth Vader's in the show. Yeah. Which I mean, again, and and there are scenes where he and Ahsoka uh, run into each other, which has you know callbacks all the way to the Clone Wars. Again, mm -hmm. you know, for those people who have only seen the films, uh, you know, you're not even necessarily aware that Ahsoka is a character, but she was the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker during the period of the Clone Wars, and so uh, this is someone that he had a very deep attachment to, and who 
uh, you know, losing her quote unquote was one of the things that, you know, is, is attributed to him falling to the dark side. And so, uh, you know, now he is this character of Darth Vader and, and he can't have these reminders that he used to be so, uh, you know, such a pure good character within the film. So it's even more important for him to eradicate those type of characters. And there are some really cool confrontations between the two of them within the arc of the rebel series. Yeah. So what are some of the things that that you guys uh, had jump out, you know, at you about what really struck you as being, you know, great reason to watch the Star Wars Rebel series? Um, that only the best clone is in it, Captain Rex. <laughs> um, I really like that episode and that like there's a lot of really cool surprises in it and it's a really, really good show. Yeah. Um, this is a good reason to do, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um that you may not start off liking it, but once you really get a feel of the characters and everything, you're going to really start to like really like the show. Because when it started and I just saw it, I was like, wow, that's cool. I was like, no, I didn't really like it. But when like I, I watched it more and more and then I got to know the characters more, I started really liking the show. So if you like watch the first episode, you're like, this isn't that good. Keep on watching because you're going to get a feeling of the characters and then you're going to probably you might start liking. I think that's an excellent point because that's I, I had the exact same experience. I I wasn't completely tied in until uh, the first time Kanan ignited his lightsaber and I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> uh, you know, because, again, they, there was really no other than the fact that Yoda and, and Obi-Wan were kind of out there in the galaxy. There had not been any indication, you know, in all the films, when you hear them talking about Luke being their last hope, and uh, it's it's pretty well assumed that all the Jedi are gone, and, and clearly that's not the case as you watch this show. So, uh, and as you pointed out, there's so many surprises within this series that every time one gets revealed, it just hooks you even deeper. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. What's nice too is they didn't knock you over the head with references from like the original movies. Like the characters would appear, but they it, it wasn't too much. It wasn't fan service. It wasn't like every episode there was, you know, somebody from the original trilogy or your prequel trilogy make an appearance, but they were peppered throughout the series that yeah, it, yeah. it added to what was already good. It added that little bit more spice to it that kind of kept you going. Like, oh, that's cool. They, you know, I didn't, expect Wedge to show up here. I didn't expect, um, you know, C-3PO to show up here. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that don't understand what a important character Wedge is. I mean, he's really the only Hero non-major the character that, you know, shows up in all three of the original films. Yeah. Um, and, and it was cool for him to kind of get a little bit more of a backstory and get to see his character. Uh, it sounds like we may be getting to see some more of him within the rise of Skywalker, which I would be completely for. Oh yeah. I hope so. Definitely. Right. Might the other thing, what did you guys think about the droids? What did you guys think about Chopper? I really like Chopper. He's a really funny droid. Yeah, he was really funny. And like we mentioned earlier, it's really amazing how these they could have these droids, these robots, and give them their own personalities. And, you know, yeah. Chopper yeah. Uh, may look a little similar to R2-D2, but he is a completely different droid, different yes. attitude and different skill sets. And, uh, yeah, he was he was great. And they all have attitudes, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even, I forget the name of it. They had a droid, um, I don't know if it was season four or season three. Mm. Um, I forget his name. But, like, yeah. he, uh, they had some other droids in there, too, that were really entertaining and, and different different looks at it. Was that when they I went think, on kind of like an all-droid mission? I think so, yeah, yeah. 
I think yeah. BB-8 is really one of the only droids with a not really a mean attitude, yeah, besides C-3PO. No, I think that's an excellent point. And actually, I did just triggered uh, what I was what I was thinking of earlier, which is that uh, you know to the point about. Within Star Wars Rebels, there's a lot of references for the fans that get into some of the deeper content, but it always seems like Star Wars at its best has a good mix of things where new viewers don't feel like they're missing out on stuff, but people who are super familiar with the universe get to see those little Easter eggs kind of hidden through there and and get the the nods that Dave Filoni or the creators have put in there for them. And uh, which is one of the reasons I, I started the podcast, right? Because there are people who've just seen the movies and I want them to know that there are other things that are going to yeah. increase their enjoyment of it. Yes. Um, and there is a ton of that within Star Wars Rebels. So I think that was a great, a great point that you made, Tony. Yeah. And even, you know, we mentioned Ahsoka being in it, but I hadn't watched, I knew about her, but I hadn't watched Clone Wars before Rebels. Um, and I, I knew enough from Rebels and the importance of it just by watching the show. And I think, you know, Rebels is a more, it's only four seasons and it's not even, you know, 22 episodes per season. Some of them are shorter. So it's a good um, introduction. If, if you're thinking about Clone Wars, but it's daunting, I suggest, you know, starting with Rebels and getting a taste there. And especially now with Disney Plus and everything being on there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that was one of the reasons why when Tom and I were talking about, you know, what what were some ideas for future shows? I I knew with uh, with Disney Plus coming out and all this content that was going to be available, it would be easy for people who are Star Wars fans to go in and go, oh, well, there's some cartoons, but, you know, they're probably probably more for kids. And uh, I would agree that Resistance, not only does it have that anime style, but it's definitely for a younger audience. Mm. Um, but there, you know, there, even within that, there's some great tie-ins to things that we're familiar with from the sequel trilogy. But uh, certainly in Clone Wars, uh, that will definitely increase your enjoyment of the prequel films and your understanding of that whole time frame. And Rebels really gives you a nice, uh, it, it fills out some of the things that are happening <laughs> in that time period right before the, the first episode, um, sorry, the fourth episode, <laughs> A New Hope, right? So uh, it's yeah. it's cool when they fill in those gaps and what we know from, from Star Wars. And even you, you mentioned like um, there weren't supposed to be any Jedi and we found out Kanan's around, but it doesn't leave that plot hole out there. By the time the series ends, it kind of explains why Luke is the only hope. Um, and and so I like that. It, it played within the boundaries, but it played very well. And it leads almost, you know, right up into Rogue One and even beyond. Like, you get to the, the epilogue of the season finale, and there's some roads it could take that I'm excited for. I'm, I'm hoping maybe once um, episode nine is over, they could go back and explore... Um, these avenues that they have opened opened up well and yeah. and some of these characters could show up at any time right we know that they're temporarily out of the picture but they could come back at any time we could potentially see some of them within uh, rise of skywalker or even after if they you know go another route with uh with what they've got going on there so a lot of exciting opportunities for them in creating new star wars content yeah now what did you guys think about thrawn um, I actually, I really like the character of Thrawn and we kind of don't know what's going to happen with him next because it kind of just ended off with him just like there and we don't know what's going to happen with him next. Yeah. What did you yeah, think? Like, yeah. what do you think, Stitch? He was a really cool bad guy, but as Pharaoh said at the end, he kind of disappeared. What about his character though? What did you, what did you think about? He was he, a really, he like, was, I really liked his character. He was really cool. And smart. Like they made him. A brilliant yeah. guy like you really um at some points you really wonder like 
how are the rebel crew going to get out of this? Like how Thrawn is like getting them at every turn and knows their every move. And, you know, I grew up, uh, when the original Thrawn trilogy books came out and that was amazing because that was like the first new star Wars we had gotten since return of the Jedi, you know, 10 years later. And it was so cool to see. Um, and so like when Disney bought star Wars and they kind of wiped all that away, that was the one character I was like, Oh, but I really want Thrawn to still be a part of the star Wars universe. And they found a way to do it with rebels. And it is, it's a, yeah. The same character, but in different settings, right? And they kind of changed his backstories from Legends. But he was he's a really cool character. Yeah. And one of the real, you know, kind of downers, I guess, and, and I was in the same boat as you, Tony. Um, you know, after the original trilogy Star Wars films came out, there was kind of a dark period for Star Wars yeah. fans. There was no new content on the horizon. We didn't know if we'd ever get another movie. And uh, it, that was actually one of the panels I m made sure I got to at Grand Rapids Comic Con with Timothy Zahn being there. He's the author oh, yeah. that, that wrote the Thrawn trilogy and the new Thrawn trilogy, and it's going to be writing some new Thrawn books. But uh, you know, all of a sudden you have uh, this character that is terrifying in a completely different way. With Darth Vader and the Emperor, they were strong in the Force and they could, you know, take you on via the sheer power in the Force and wipe you out. But Thrawn was terrifying in the sense that he was always one step ahead and, and he could tell what you were going to do just based on the artwork that he would study for your culture. And the downside to that was that they killed off his character within that expanded universe uh, yeah. trilogy. And that was a big loss. So now that Disney has basically got a chance to restart that, we have that character back. He's still a very intimidating and imposing character. Uh, and he's still in play. And, and it'll be interesting to see if they pick up that and, uh, and go anywhere with it um, after the end of Star Wars Rebels. Well, yeah. we actually don't know if they killed him. No, it, he's saying oh. in, the, in the original books. Yeah. When I was a kid, they, sure. they did. Yeah. Can you believe that we were where we at one point we were kids? <laughs> <laughs> Hard to imagine, right? A couple of years ago. <laughs> All right, so there is another character in Star Wars Rebels, and we actually get to see him a little bit in the Clone Wars, but we get more of Hondo Onaka, and I know that you yeah. guys are looking forward to going to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and seeing that animatronic, but what do you guys oh, think yeah. of Hondo? He's a really funny character, and yeah. I, actually, I really like his character. Mm-hmm. He actually had a pretty interesting arc within Star Wars Rebels, right? He started off as a, as a pretty... And almost a bad guy and uh, yeah. was almost an ally and a friend by the end of it, right? Yeah. 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 yeah and almost, um, I was going to say father figure, more like an uncle figure to, to Ezra and kind of teaching him the, the non-force ways of how to survive in the universe and stuff. And yeah, he was a good character. I wasn't expecting yeah. Yeah. Um, to like, but, and then when they said he was going to be in um, Galaxy's Edge as the one, you know, kind of running the smugglers run, it's like, Oh, that makes perfect sense. I mean, it, it, it worked out well. And what they've done yeah, with that yeah, character yeah, yeah. is amazing. And Jim Jim Cummings, as the voice actor, just does a fantastic job with him. Yes. And yeah, a lot of humor and a lot of... Yeah, 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 they, yeah. They, It's a great job. Yeah, there's actually a similarity kind of between the faith that Luke had in his father, Darth Vader, and the fact that Vader was able to redeem himself. And, uh, you know, kind of a similar arc between Ezra and Hondo in the sense that Ezra kept trusting Hondo against everyone else's advice. And even the viewers were probably sitting there going, don't trust him. He's just going to look out for himself. But it right. changed yeah. his character over the course of that uh, of that series to the point where he really was someone you could almost trust. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's what we're saying. Like before, there, there's character development in the show. They're not just one-dimensional characters that they're the same yeah. in the beginning and the end. Yeah. These characters do change and grow. Oh, you can almost trust him. 
depends on what he wants you to do. <laughs> so the other thing that they always put into any good Star Wars series is you get a ship that you can totally fall in love with. What did you guys think of the Ghost? Did you start to like it as much as the Millennium Falcon or kind of kind of think it was a cool ship that you'd want to fly? I definitely like it as much as the Millennium Falcon. It's a really cool ship. I really like the design of it. Yeah. It's really cool. But in my opinion, nothing can tie up or beat the Millennium Falcon. I can totally relate to both of those because I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to at the beginning. But, yeah, it's it's hard to beat the Millennium Falcon. We had the Lego set of the Ghost, too. That was a really yeah, cool set. Yeah, that was a cool set. Because it had set. the ship come out of the back. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, oh, what did they call it? Uh, Phantom, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds right. Yep. Awesome. So what else did you, is there anything else that you guys would point out about Star Wars Rebels that, that is a great reason why someone should go out there and check it out now that it's available on Disney Plus? They might. I didn't watch it a lot, so I have nothing. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're the person we're trying to get to watch it, right? Yeah. I already am intrigued. <laughs> There's um, Darth Maul. Uh, plays yes. a major character in this, yes. which was interesting to see him again evolve and change and, and like where he winds up. There was also this weird rebel bounty hunter guy where he would like he came in like that season three, I think, where he would like start off running, but then he would end up like going on four legs. Oh, that was um, Thrawn's guy, right? Yeah, yeah Thrawn's, I yeah. forget his name though. Yeah, he's the Nogiri, he's uh, Thrawn's bodyguard, right? Was it Rook? Yeah, Rook. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I liked him. Yeah, and and that is one of the, it's actually a really good point because that is another example of how even though they got rid of a lot of this information from the expanded universe or what we're calling legends now, they are not opposed to bringing some of these things back and, and reusing them. Uh, and it seems like the stuff that they're bringing back is some of the stuff that I miss the most when they kind of, you know, put it all into legends. Uh, some of the very best stories or some of the very best characters. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And it kind of delved into a lot of what we like about Star Wars and dug in deep. Like there's there's a whole lot of more uh, Mandalorian stuff in there. Um, there's there's a lot of even relationships um, between Hera and Kanan, like um, mom and dad type stuff. And then just going deep into the, the universe, it's it really does a great job um, of going into depth with the Star Wars universe, but still keeping it tight to that family. And then seeing how, um, you know, we touched on this in the beginning, but how the rebellion grew. And this group of rebels was really key to that. And Ezra was key to that of, you know, convincing all these separate bands of uh, rebels to kind of join together and fight against the Empire. And even bring up whole planets against the empire. Yeah. And it's yeah. also interesting. I mean, we haven't really gotten into a lot of the other ships, but you get to see where the Y wings that they used against the Death oh, Star right, yeah. came from and the B wings that, that showed up in, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, some of the later films. I really, the only time I can think of seeing in the original trilogy was return of the Jedi. There were a, a couple, but um, you know, you get to kind of see how some of these ships, uh, how the rebellion came by some of these ships and, uh, you know, again, the other character that we really haven't talked much about is Mon Mothma, who didn't play, you know, she she was a key figure within the original trilogy films, but you didn't really get to see a lot of her. Uh, mm -hmm. But you get a lot of her backstory within Star Wars Rebels as well. Yeah. And we know that Lucasfilm thinks Rebels is important because they are, there are hints to that. Like you said, in episode nine, we think we see the ghost, but in Rogue One, we see Chopper in the background. We yeah. see the ghost ship flying around. We, we hear... Um, 
Hera's last name announced over the loudspeaker. So this is part of the universe, and Lucasfilm wants you to to know these characters. Yeah, I know that uh, when Stitch was talking about Captain Rex earlier, or was it Sparrow? Sparrow. Think yeah. it was Sparrow. Um, yeah, he talked about Captain Rex, and then you know, there's been people who say that Captain Rex was one of the rebels that uh, kind of helped take the bunker in Return of the Jedi. Uh, there was a, a rebel that looked a lot like him. So there's again the way that they're kind of weaving a lot of this stuff into existing in some of the old content. It's the it's the layers of the onion that you peel every time you get another piece of information and go back and watch some of this stuff. There's just that much more to see. Yeah. 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 I just. I just had one quick question for you. I want to know what is your favorite Rebels character? My favorite Rebels character? Oh boy. My immediate answer, the the one that jumps to mind first is Ahsoka because I love Ahsoka. I think she is just such a special character. But I also love Kanan because he is such a flawed character. He has so much doubt. You know, he never really got to become a full-blown Jedi. He was just a Padawan when when basically his entire world got stripped away. So he went through a really dark time. He uh, was in a dark place until Hera found him. And, you know, the family around him is is really what brought him back in line. And then, you know, he ended up having to make himself better to teach Ezra throughout the series. So um, yeah. it was really cool to see him grow. And, um, you know, he was a very important member of that crew. That's a great question. Um, well, he is actually my favorite too. And... I really liked how we thought the wolves thing were saying Doom when they were saying Dune, and that's his king's real name. And it was also really sad when King died. I actually almost cried, like Sparrow over here cried when Han Solo died in Force Awakens. Well, and that's what's so great about Star Wars, right? That that it's just a movie. It's it's all made up, but we form these connections to these characters because we kind of get to go through some of these things with them. So, um, again, then anytime anytime something strikes that chord deep inside you like that, they're doing a great job. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's there's so much to talk about. It's hard to do it all in one show, but I think we, you know, I think we did a pretty good job of establishing for people why it's worth it, you know, worth their time to go out there and enjoy it. And certainly, like Tony said, uh, it's a great thing to watch as a family. If you've got, yeah. you know, kids that that are just getting into Star Wars, or uh, you know, even teenagers can get into this. Uh, it's a good way to kind of stay in touch with with just being a kid and enjoying what you're doing. Uh, and it's a lot of fun as a, an adult too to to get to experience that with your kids it's it's not quite taking them to a, a major film in a theater but uh, it's a great a great chunk of family time every week yeah yeah absolutely yeah now you could binge it we had to wait you know every week and then a year for the next episode but yeah. what was cool is we really enjoyed um star wars had a web series on after each episode uh rebels, rebels recon, recon right yeah um and they would explain, you know, what happened in the episode and make uh, kind of uh, make the ties for you in case you miss something. And then, you know, kind of leave you with, well, maybe this will happen or maybe this. And they'll yeah. have interview with the creators and the people behind it. So you really got to look at to see how the people working on this really had a passion for it. And they loved this series and they gave it its all. And that, that really came through. And it was cool that um, Lucasfilm invested in that because it really showed that their love for this show. And then, you know, it helped us intrigue and, and it really um, was exciting when a new Rebels recon would come out. We would watch that uh, almost as exciting as the, an episode itself. Yeah. Like, with the Rebels recon, you can tell that like, right when they're done making an episode, 
they start making another one because after every single Rebel Recon, they give a sneak peek of another one, and it just shows how focused they were on Rebels. Yeah. They put, like, all their focus into Rebels. They didn't focus on any movies or anything. They just really focused on Rebels to get it to get um it out. Yeah, and so. they're, they're still on YouTube, so I would recommend if you're going to watch Rebels, uh, seek out the Rebels Recon as well and, and watch yeah. it with the episodes. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if... I haven't really gone in uh, since Disney Plus came out and looked, but uh, they may also have it under the extras for each episode. Uh, they may have it uh, stored within there as well. So it certainly is is a great point. And, you know, we talk about The Mandalorian coming out and the the pain of having to wait a week between episodes. But that is a great reason to to not try to go too fast with this kind of content. There's so much to talk about. Uh, and you don't want to rush through it and then miss really important stuff. So um, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it there. Uh, that was a great conversation, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Stitch, do you have a song to sing by any chance? My wife was. My wife told me I had to ask if you were going to sing a song today. Um, Putting you on the spot. <laughs> I don't know. You can't make up a rebel song? I'm sure there's a rebel song deep inside of you there. Um, hmm. <laughs> Star Wars Rebels. I didn't really like you at first, but now I really do. <laughs> there is a song. <laughs> I'll take it. Now I now I'll be allowed to stay in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. So thank you guys so much for coming on. It was a great conversation. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I, I still want to do another episode. Talk about kind of uh, how we came to Star Wars differently in different generations. But we'll uh, we'll plan that for a little bit down the road and have you guys back yep. on for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having us, yeah. Rob. This was a lot of yeah, fun. Like you. we said, yeah. we love you. your podcast. You have a passion for Star Wars, and you really care about your show, and that comes through. So we, we, any way we could support you, we'd love to do it. Love talking to you about Star Wars. So thanks for having us on. I really appreciate you guys coming on. I uh, I listen to your podcast all the time as well, and it definitely is a lot of fun to see you guys enjoying all all of the Disney content, kind of uh, as a family, which is exactly how it should be enjoyed. So uh, terrific, yeah, definitely check out Tony and uh, his boys on Disney Discussions podcast. Tony, do you want to tell folks how they can find your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. The easiest way is Disney Discussions with an S at the end, .com, DisneyDiscussions.com. Uh, we have links to all of our social media. Uh, I'm very active on Twitter, um, so that's probably the best social media to get me on. And we're in all the podcast apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just search for Disney. Stitcher. Dis Stitcher. Just, uh, uh, just search for Disney Discussions. We're a family-friendly podcast, yes. which um, some people make fun of me. It's like, why do you even have to say that? But there are some Disney podcasts that are not family-friendly. Um, so we'd like to make something you could listen to with the whole family. And like you said, Rob, we go over everything within the Star Wars, uh, sorry, the Disney universe, including Star Wars and Marvel and Muppets and all that. And We've actually been going over Star Wars for a lot with like the movies, the new movie coming out. the We talked about Star the rides Wars, and yeah, Star Disney Wars parks. Yeah. Land. Yeah. And there's like. I feel like we're turning into a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we love Disney. We talk about it all the time. So we figured why not? just record ourselves and see if people like it. And, yeah. you know, the the community out there has been great. So, yes. um, yeah, if you haven't already checked us out, please do so, Disney Discussions. Yeah, I highly recommend it. They're a lot of fun to listen to and certainly uh, a great use of your time. So, uh, again, thank you guys so much. And we will get back to doing the Holland at News. 
Okay, for this week, the Holonet News is going to be a little bit short. Uh, I don't want to have the podcast run too long. Uh, but the major items of note that have been going on here the past couple of weeks since our last episode is, uh, first and foremost, the Mandalorian uh, first three episodes now are out. Uh, they had two episodes released a couple weeks ago, and then uh, this past weekend or this past Friday, uh, we got episode three. So big congratulations to Dominic Pace, uh, who we'd done an interview with a couple of weeks ago uh, for our last show. Uh, his character did get featured fairly prominently in that third episode. Uh, could not be more excited and more happy for Dominic. Just a quality guy and really great to see his character get some screen time in that episode. So definitely go check it out if you have not already. Uh, I don't want to go too much into the details of those episodes at this this point, uh, I do want to uh, put out a, a separate show uh, where we discuss that or, or make that possibly part of our next podcast where we can kind of review the first half of season one. Uh, so look for that. But the other major item that occurred within this past couple of weeks is the release of Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, I've been playing that now for about a week and a half. It is definitely uh, really a great story driven Star Wars game great concept in the set in the sense that you're playing as a uh, Padawan who survived the purge and kind of uh, on a quest to to do your part to restore the Jedi Order. So very much looking forward to seeing how that game turns out. And uh, I will also note that uh, I am going to be able to give uh, kind of a spoiler free review of the VR, the Oculus VR game Vader Immortal. Uh, I should have that in hand uh, this coming week. So uh, look for that in an upcoming episode as well. So please don't hesitate to to reach out to us via email at jtapodcast at gmail.com or on our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at JTA Podcast. Happy to have a conversation with you about any uh, anything Star Wars related. And I do want to point out that if you would be so kind as to tell a friend about the show, that's going to help us grow and will be greatly appreciated. And uh, really looking forward to hearing more from our listeners. So with that being said, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you are the reason that we're here and the reason that we do what we do. Uh, looking forward to having Tom Howell back with me uh, in these next couple episodes upcoming as we kind of get back to more of a normal format. And uh, hopefully you guys all have a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving uh, this week. So we will be looking forward to talking to you guys after you get back from the holiday. Thank you guys so much. And may the force be with you. <laughs>